Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. The Word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide your Word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The Word of God is the atlas that I live by. Therefore, this morning, I will receive the engrafted Word that is able to save my soul. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Lord, as the people have confessed here this morning, we thank you, we believe it, and we believe that we receive it. We ask, Lord, that any strongholds would be, we'd be delivered from any strongholds, any wrongful thinking, any stinking thinking. Lord, that our minds would be lined up with your word, or that we would have the mind of Christ when we leave here this morning. By the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit that does the teaching. None of me, all of you, intercept anything you do not want me to say here this morning, Holy Spirit. Anoint me, Father. To, to speak your word with utterance, Lord, boldly, that people might be able to have anointed ears to hear and receive, not just be hearers of your word, but become doers of your word. We praise you, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 We're in Possessing the Promise series uh, in week two of the year two. We're in the week of the new year, 2023. And um, I'll tell you why I'm so excited about this series because it's going to be teaching us including myself, how to possess the promises of God. Last week we talked about the giants in Numbers chapter 13. You remember Caleb? He says, that's my mountain. And then we had 10 spies who gave a negative report, a bad report, an evil report, and they didn't think they could receive the promise of God, that God says, I'm giving you the land, the land of flowing milk and honey. They agreed with it was a land flowing of milk and honey, but they did not believe that they could take it because they thought they were grasshoppers in their own sight. Turn your neighbor and say, hey, don't be a grasshopper. Don't be a grasshopper in your own sight with your own family, and don't be a grasshopper in the eyes of the enemy. He says that even the giants looked at him and thought they were grasshoppers. Do not do that. You know, the Bible says that the, that the enemy walks about as a roaring lion seeking who he may destroy. Don't give him the opportunity or foothold to come into your life. You resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How are you going to resist him? Put up your dukes? No. You fight the, the fight of faith, the good fight of faith. That's, what, that's the arena you take the devil in. You're not going to be able to outthink the devil. You're not going to be able to outmaneuver the devil, but you can beat him in the arena of faith. And there's where we got to stay here today. Uh, do you realize that you're thinking some of us here today, they're here possessing the promise. Well, don't I live under the, uh, the grace age? The, you know, Now that I have grace, the finished works of Jesus Christ, isn't it all mine? Well, it is available for you, but you have to obtain it. Even though it's made available for you, it's not automatically going to happen in your life. There has to take faith. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. This is how you're saved. This is how you're born again. And um, we know it's not by our works, right, that we're saved. Ephesians chapter 2. And let's look at verse 8. For by, everybody say grace. grace. You have been saved through faith and not of yourself. Let's start. It's the gift of God. It's not by your works. So, for God so loved the world. You see, it's available to the whole world. The gift of salvation is available to the whole world. 
But is, all, is the whole world being born again? Is the whole world going to heaven? No. Could they? If they would obtain it. See, it's made available by grace. The gift of God, salvation, is made available by grace, but it takes faith. See, by God's grace you're saved through what? You obtain it by faith. That's how you receive any of the promises of God. The finished works of Jesus Christ has bought and paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. When he shed his blood, when he said it is finished, all the promises are yes and amen. They're available to every one of us as born again. God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, promise in one person's life. He makes it it's done, and he doesn't do it in someone else's. It's all available to us. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we have been blessed. Praise be to God that we have been blessed with every, 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 every. You know what that means in the Greek? It means every. <laughs> every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, everything that you need to, to fulfill the promises of God to be yes and amen in your life are available for you. But through faith, catch that? You can't sit on your rumple still skin and think, okay, God's going to just give it to me. doesn't happen that way. You have to specifically believe in faith to obtain the promise. Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And Jesus is walking along. He's like a Jesus parade, you know. People are following him. He keeps walking. And he says it again. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops. I don't know about you, but I don't have the kind of faith that makes Jesus stop. That turns. Don't you want God to turn you in your life? Give attention to you? Why did God stop? Because of the faith. He said, Jesus, son of David. He knew that, that Jesus is going to come through the lineage of David. So he's speaking faith. And he says, come here. And here's this a beautiful thing. Bartimaeus throws his cloak. See, the cloak was to represent when you had a disease, you wore something to identify that you're unclean and that he was blind. And so he threw the cloak, and that was an act of faith right there. I'm not going to do this no more. And he starts walking up to the Savior, and Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want me to do? They had to lead him because he's blind. Now, that's strange when I first read that as a young man, I thought, why are you asking a question what he wants? It's obvious what he wants. See, God's not moved by need, only he's moved by faith. God is big on faith. The just shall live by faith. And so he asks, what do you want? He says, I want to be able to see. He says, well, your faith, let it be done as you desire. And he was healed that moment because of faith. The promises of God are yes and amen. You can possess the promises of God, but you're going to have to obtain it by belief. You're going to have to obtain it by faith. Since we're talking about faith here this morning, let's talk about our father of faith. Amen? Abraham. How many of you know Abraham was the father of faith? And I'm going to be excited when we go into Genesis. Because you're going to see Abraham has some stuff just like we do. Huh? He has some conditions just like we do. But he was a man of faith, and he became the father of faith. And I want to see here this morning, reading this, I'm going to read Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 22. Now listen up. Listen to this. 
And this is written. Where's this written at? How many of you believe this is 100% truth? Huh? How many of you believe that every dot, every, tell everything about this is 100% accurate? It's not 99.5. It's all truth. So it says it is written. In the Logos word it is written. It's written because it was spoken. Wow. So it's, 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 it's spoken. I have made, this, is a, this is what God said to Abraham. I have made you a father of many nations. Can I stop right there? When God told Abraham he was about 75 years old. Sarah was about the same age. Both 75 years of age. He says, I made you a father of many nations. Did you know he didn't have a kid? Huh? You made me a father of many nations? In that point in Genesis, he tells, he tells Abraham to stir up his faith. He says, faith, he, he says, Abraham, come out of your tent. Look what I'm seeing. I see the stars. And God's saying, look what I see. That's how your descendants are going to be. And Abraham started moving in faith. But he did not have a child, but he said, I made you a father of many nations. Why? In the presence of him who believed. Who believed? Abraham, he believed this. And why? God who gives life to dead and calls those things that which do not exist as though they did. God calls those things that be not in your life as though they are. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Was it reality when he told Abraham and Sarah, made you a father of many nations? Was that his reality? Did he have a child? No. But God says, this is who you are because I call these things that be not as though they are, as though they were. It's going to come to pass. And that's the promise that God gave Abraham. Now catch this. We're going to milk this this morning, okay? Every, every line here. Who contrary, contrary to hope, and hope he what? So, here's what I want you to see here. Let's stop right here. Let me say this one thing. There's two kinds of faith out there. You can have human faith. Let me tell you what human faith is. You have human faith, biblical faith. Human faith is where you see everything. It comes through the five physical senses. You can taste it. You can see it. You can smell it. You can hear it. You see it. It's, 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 it's a human faith is... Is, is just natural faith. It's what you see. It's, it, it's doubting Thomas' faith, you know. Uh, I don't believe in the resurrection unless I see the nail prints in his hands. I'm searching for the nail prints in his hands and I see the hole inside. I will not believe. That's human faith. Biblical faith is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not things not seen. Faith is what moves God. When Jesus heard that, when, when, when Thomas said that to those disciples, I'm not going to believe unless I see. That's human faith. Jesus was not there present physically with him, but he does walk through the wall one day. Remember that? And he looks at Thomas and says, Thomas, reach in and thrust your hand in my side and look at the nail prints in my hand and don't be unbelieving, but be believing. And you know what Thomas said? My Lord, my God. Human faith. He says, Thomas, you're still not right. He says, you only believe because 
you sing. But blessings come to those who haven't seen, but believe. Here in Romans, what's coming against human faith, what's coming against Abraham's natural faith, he's not looking at. What's contradicting the promise what his reality and his experience that he's experiencing at the moment is that he's old, he's 100 years old now, and Sarah's old, and she's been barren, and she's never had a child, and she's old too. So what's coming against his hope is not lining up with the promise. You ever had that before? You ever prayed a prayer and believe in the promises of God, but it's not lining up with your reality? What do you do? Look what he does. He believed in hope. He believed in hope. He didn't believe what he saw. He didn't deny that those, he was old. He didn't deny that. But he believed more in the promise than his circumstance. He believed more in the promise of God than the problem. And that's what we have to do today, to receive and possess the promises of God. What was contradicting his, the promise, he didn't believe in. He believed in the promise of God. He looked at the promise of God. And look what happens with that. What happened when he believed? What happened when, where did he get his hope from? In the promise. What was the promise? I'm going to make you a father of many nations. So he banked on that. He believed on that. He looked at that. And he didn't look at the natural. He didn't look at the circumstances. He didn't look at the problem. He only looked at the word of God. And when he did that, look what happens. In hope he believed so that he what? What did happen, church? He became the what? The father of many nations. He became, because he believed, he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken by who? God the Father. Because he believed. See, here's the thing today. You're going to receive your promises of God. Is either going to be through belief or you're going to lose it through unbelief. you got to make that choice. you got a choice here today. I believe you showed up here today because you thought you were going to hear from God here this morning. Amen? That God will use a clay vessel to speak. Isn't that foolishness It seems like that? That the preaching of God's Word is foolishness, it says in the Bible? You know? But you're not listening to the man. You're, listening, you're believing that God's Spirit is speaking through me right now. And that doesn't make me anything. God can use a donkey. And that keeps me humble, right? Because sometimes I might be the donkey. Amen? When you get puffed up and prideful. So he became because he believed. He believed. He believed. How many Jesus says all things are possible if you what? That's the way the kingdom of God works. Now catch this, all right? So he says, according to what I've spoken, so shall your descendants be. Look at verse 19. Is it still up there? And not being weak in faith. How is he not weak in faith? Because he looked at the promise. He hoped in the promise. He didn't look at his circumstance. That made him not weak in faith. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. We don't walk by sight. We walk by the just shall live by. You know how many times it says the just shall live by faith in the scriptures? Four times. Four different books. You think God's trying to get our attention? Yeah, live by faith. 
Live by faith. Not what you see, live by faith. Not what you see, live by faith. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith. Woo, this is going to be good right here. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a how old? And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah has always been barren. She's never been able, even when she was young, she couldn't have children. That's why they brought Hagar in, remember? Try to help out the promise. You know? That, they, they, she's never been able to, but now she's after child birth and age. And Abraham's old at 100. They have no business having children, right? But look at this. He did not consider, he did not consider, he did not consider, he did not consider, did not consider his own body. He didn't consider his body, he considered the promise. Huh? He focused on the problem. He didn't deny that there was a problem. He'll tell you, yeah, I'm old, I'm 100 years of age. Even the Bible's not denying that. He's old. She's old. Shouldn't be having children. But he did not consider his body, but he considered the promises of God. Amen. Let me ask you a question here this morning. What do you consider when you go through a problem, when you go through a trial? What do you run to? What are you considering? What are you putting all your attention to? What are you believing to? I think some folks, they study and show themselves approved by WebMD. <laughs> hmm? Stay and show themselves approved by Google. What do you run to? What do you consider? Do you consider the problem? Some folks, they consider the problem and that's all they give their time to. What do you give your time to? You're not denying that. You go to a doctor. The doctor gives you a bad report. He says, you got cancer. What are you considering? You got two choices. Well, we know Jesus said, by my stripes, you're healed. Huh? So you got two choices. You got the choice to, to ponder, to believe, to examine the word of God, to, to, to ponder, to meditate on that promise. Or you got the choice of pondering on the problem. What do you give time to? I've had people that had disease and sickness and, and, and when they come to me they tell me every detail of the sickness like they went to medical school, medical school on this particular disease and problem it's like they are specialists in this problem it's like they know all about the circumstance and nothing about the promise of God all about the circumstance and the problem and the disease and very little about the promises of God what do you consider? Abraham did not consider his own body, but he considered the promise. What are you running to? When life overwhelms you and you get a bad report, you don't deny the report, but lead me to the rock, which is higher than I. Amen. That's where you look. That's your focus, folks. Don't think that I'm saying you run because some people do this. They get a bad report and they just deny it. You don't do that. Here's what I don't, you do not do. You don't look through the problem of the lens of the problem at the Word of God from the problem. You don't look at the problem 
through the focus of the problem and look at the Word of God. You look at the Word of God, and then you look through the Word of God at your problem. You catch that? This is not Scientology. We're not denying that there's some bad things out there. But you always consider this, the Word of God, and not your circumstance. What do you spend time with? What do you acknowledge God? You believe. What do you, what do you, what do you spend? You know, because what you meditate on, that's what you're going to become. What's worry? You know, worry's a sin. But some people act like they worship worry. And what you give your most attention to, you worship. Some people, I believe, have an idol of worship. They, they, they just worry, and, and Jesus says, don't worry about anything. Philippians 4 says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, nothing, but by prayer and supplication. See, it's taking your mind off of that problem and focusing it where it needs to be. But let your supplication, your prayer be to God with thanksgiving, not complaining. Not, oh, this is what happens. I follow God. Now look at me. I'm all beat up, sick, broke, disgusted, you know. No. With thanksgiving, give thanks to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. See, that's where you got to guard. And your mind through Jesus Christ. What are you giving your focus to? What are you giving your attention to? Because whatever you give your attention to, it's going to come through your, between your ears. It's going to come through a thought. And that thought if you meditate on, meditate on it long enough, you don't watch out, it get planted in your heart. And here's the problem. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll give authority to that problem. You have authority. Death and life are in the... You speak it, it gives it life. Death and life are in God's tongue. But it says it's in your tongue, my tongue. And those that love of it shall eat of its fruit. That means you keep speaking enough, believing enough, it's going to manifest it, manifest itself. You're going to have that problem. Caleb last week, he says, we're well able to take it. We are well able to take those giants. He saw the giants just like the other ten spies, but they, they're like, they looked at the problem, they didn't look at God. They didn't look at the promise. What are you spending your time on? What are you listening to? What are you meditating on? Worry is just negative meditation. You want to be blessed? I don't know, Pastor Arthur. You know what blessing means? It means empowering you to succeed in life. Empowering you to prosper. Do you know God wants you to prosper? You get a lot of people that sit there and say, oh, he's a prosperity preacher. He, he teaches that God's for us and the promises of God are yes and amen. I'm going to tell you why people talk like that. They've gotten hardened by the promise. They're hardened their heart against the promise. And you can't think like that. You've got you to believe that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he doesn't change. And you got to sometimes thoughts will come your way, and that's how temptation can come through your thoughts. It's always going to come. In your mind, that's the battlefield, is your mind, that's the arena of faith where it's going to be. And you gotta, you got to guard your thoughts, guard your heart with all diligence. 
as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You're going to have whatever you plant in your garden long enough. You start speaking it. You give it authority. You can have what you say. You can have what you say, Jesus said. Because you're, you're, we're the prophet. Prophetess. We're speaking. Are you speaking death? Are you speaking life? What thoughts? Now let me tell you something. One thought coming your way of unbelief, it's not going to disrupt you. You're not going to lose your promise because of one thought coming your way. Listen, let me tell you. Thoughts of self are not sin. It's when you entertain the thought, meditate on the thought, accept the thought, that's when it becomes sin. Martin Luther, the, the German monk priest, said it like this. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can't stop him from building a nest in your hair. You can't stop thoughts from coming along the way. Have you ever had thoughts that are bad? The devil usually get a little pain in your chest, and the devil go, you know, you're thinking, where this thought? You know, you're going to die. That's bad circulation. You got that pain there? No. You know what you got to do? You got to intercept that thought. You got to capture that thought. You got to cast down that thought. And you do it with your words. Because the words are of your authority. Death and life. So when a thought comes and I get a little pain or something, or I'm breathing a little hard and I'm saying, you know, and I hear, I, I hear a thought come along saying, oh man, it's all for you. What do I do? I cast that thought down. I don't receive that. God says he'll satisfy me with long life. I'm going to live long and strong in the name of Jesus. And listen, don't just use a thought to counter a thought. you got to speak it. you got to say it. God is my shelter. Huh? A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it's not going to come near me. Why? Because I say that he is my refuge and my strength. I say when do I make God my refuge and my strength? When I say. So when a thought comes, take every thought captive and bring it into submission to the promise. And use that authority and look at that. Don't consider the problem, consider the promise. When the, when the problem contradicts the promise, don't look at it. Look at the promise. He didn't consider his own body about 100 years old. He did not. Now look at this. He did not waver at the promise of God. He didn't stagger at the promise of God. And how do we stagger? Through what? <laughs> it's belief or unbelief. And next week we're going to talk about that. How unbelief, there's three categories that unbelief come through. And we're going to talk about that. Did you know you can be a believer with unbelief? Of course. You can be a believer and have unbelief. We need to learn to pray for unbelief. Remember that man whose son was cast in fire? He said, I brought my boy to you and your disciples couldn't do nothing. And he goes, oh, you perverse, unbelieving generation. How long am I going to be with you? Bring the boy to me. And he cast the, the demon out of him within that hour, within that hour. Not right away. How many of us we pray a prayer like that and we don't see any results right then and we're like, hmm, didn't work. Unbelief. You think Jesus, when he, he said that and spoke at him, within that hour, he said, oh, it didn't work. Let me try, you know, do it again. Let me run and do it a little fast real quick. Let me come back. No. 
and we're going to teach on this next week about that scripture in Mark chapter 9, is that he asked that, 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 that man, he says, Jesus says, just only believe. If you can believe, all things are possible. He goes, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. See? You can have areas in your life where you believe. Man, you believe. You believe that God's a provider. You believe that God can deliver. But you don't believe in healing. You waver at that. You stagger at that. He didn't waver. He didn't stagger at the promise. And the way you waver and stagger through the promise is by unbelief. But with strengthening what? So how are you going to strengthen your faith? Just looking at the promise. Faith comes by hearing. See, your faith ought to be strengthened here when you leave here today. Amen. You ought to be better than you are when you walked in. If you hear the word of God and you receive it. And listen, do it. Do it like Nike says. Just do it. All right? Don't be forgetful hearers. Don't get up and say, oh, that was a great message. But you become a forgetful hearer, but become a doer. The, the ones who are blessed are the ones who receive the promise are the ones who do the word. Do the promise. Focus on the promise. But with strength in the faith, giving glory to God. You know what that means? Thankfulness. The whole time for those 25 years that he's given the promise, he's saying, Lord, I know. I'm going to be a father of many nations. Didn't have a child, but I know. Reality didn't look right. In the natural, didn't look right. But he's like, he's probably whistling, <laughs> looking in the mirror, you know. I'm going to be a daddy. I'm going to be a daddy. Matter of fact, here's how God does. His name was Abram, and then he changed him after this promise to Abraham. He went from Abram to Abraham. Abraham means father of many. So his name, God used his name. People go, what's your name? Abraham, father of many. Where's your children? Don't have any. But God calls those things that be not as though they were. And if you will hold on to the promise through faith and patience, you receive the promises of God. Amen. Does that mean I got to wait 25 years? Not necessarily. Sometimes God can do things like that. Through faith and patience. Patience is not the ability to wait. It's the steadiness while you're waiting. It's the attitude while you wait. He didn't consider his own body. But he considered the promise. What are you spending time? What are you believing on? What do you run to? When you get a bad report, what do you do? Google. WebMD. And you read all that stuff. And I mean, man. That gets in your eye gate, gets in your ear gate, gets in your heart gate, comes out your mouth gate. You want to know what's in your heart? Check the elevator. It's in your heart going to come out of your mouth. You get pressure put on you, the real you is going to come out of your mouth. So we can sit here and be in agreement and praise God, three amens, one hallelujah over here. <laughs> but when you get in put in pressure, what comes out of your mouth? What's been planted in your garden? How does your garden grow? Amen. Giving glory to God. That means I thank you, Lord. You thank him before the promise is done, manifested. 
you believe that he calls those things that be not as though they are before it happens. Human faith is like, I wait and see, Doubting Thomas, I wait and see. When I can see it, then I believe in the resurrection. No. You believe before you see. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.